All right. Well, welcome back to this evening's service. It was uh, just a good time to be here this morning, wasn't it? All the smiling faces that were out, the crowd that was here, the blessings that we got, and man, it was just good to be here. We're going to be back in uh, Romans chapter 1. We're going to start in verse number 7. If you were here last week, you know, we did the the first six verses in Romans chapter 1, and, and just to see uh, the, the walk that Paul had. I mean, Frank and, Brother Frank and I were talking this morning when uh, we were leaving, and, and, uh, and I was just, just in awe over Paul's ministry, you know. And, 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 and I'd ask Frank, i say, can you just imagine, imagine if times were just a little bit different, and your sole purpose was just to, just to go. Just to go from place to place and tell people about Jesus, you know. I mean, I know Paul's life was a lot harder than what, what I just said. But can you just imagine for a minute, I mean, to get him to go out there and, and preach the gospel to these people and encourage these people and, and to challenge them when they get off course a little bit. But just a man, what a neat, just a neat story to follow his testimony, you know. And, and like in Brother Jimmy's class this morning, we talk about when he gets to go to the third heaven and things that he that he can't talk about, that are unspeakable. It says unlawful, which is, uh, you know, he was unable to speak about some of the things that he saw. But can you just imagine for a moment, you know, I don't think we can. I, I think it's, it's almost impossible to just imagine the, the whole concept, the whole thought of what some of these apostles did. Uh, so as we get into Romans here, I'm, just, I'm excited about the study here to see where it takes us, but just to dig kind of deeper, you know, verse by verse and what uh, Paul went through. So we see here first in verse number seven that, uh, that Paul, he addresses first to, the, to Rome. He addresses them and he lets them know that uh, he has this desire to see them. He lets them know that he has intentions to come and visit them. Why? Because he has this desire to preach the gospel. Not only preach the gospel, I think we'll see in our study just a little bit. You know, Paul was going to preach, right? Paul was going place to pre- places to place to preach, but he was going there because Rome had Rome had done something different than these other places that he had been. You see, Paul Paul's ministry in a lot of these places was to go and uh, do a new church startup, if you will. He didn't have to do that with Rome. Rome started a church. He was going to preach, but he was going to be blessed also to get something. He was going to give something, but he was going to get something. So as he goes out and he starts these churches at Corinth and and, and, and these other churches that he went through and was really ministering, and he left people like Timothy out there to uh, pastor. And, he, you know, he's going to Rome to do something different. And it, it's just kind of it's just kind of neat to follow along here. So verse number 7 says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm gonna, I'll break down these verses here in a second. Um, we'll continue reading in a second also. But I want you to read this verse number 7 again. To all that be in Rome. Now, for a man that, that didn't build the church in Rome, for a man who hadn't gone to Rome yet, he's letting them know that he's going to Rome. He's saying, to all that be in Rome, be loved of God. 
That's quite the reputation, isn't it? When you think about who Paul is, the Apostle Paul, the Evangelist Paul, the Preacher Paul, the Pastor Paul, is talking to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. That's pretty remarkable when you think about it. When you think about, you know, when you think about the Roman Empire in itself, well, there was a lot of wicked in the Roman Empire. You know, if you've studied the history books at all, if you studied uh, God's Word at all, if you if you watched the movies at all, the Roman Empire was a pretty corrupt place. So here's Paul addressing them. He says, "To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace." From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I just, you know, it's, it's not the start of our study because we started in verse 1. If you remember verse 1, he talks about Paul, the servant of Christ, called to be this apostle. But you can almost start this. It's a whole separate section. And it's probably why I broke it down this way here from 7 through 15. To all that be at Rome, beloved of God. Verse number 8 says... First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. You know, it's, it's funny about Scripture that we can kind of, well, if you're like me and, and, and I read my Bible every day, that oftentimes I've got to read the same passages two and three times. My mind likes to wander. Man, I, I, I struggle with reading. I've never been a reader, never liked to read. I, I'm a daydreamer. <laughs> you know, and I'll be flipping pages going, wait a minute, let me back up because I don't even know what I read yet. And I've got to read it again. And so you miss things like this. He's talking to Rome that your faith is spoken out, uh, spoken of Throughout the whole world. Can you just imagine? If the world rather say, man, you know them folks at Pacific Avenue Baptist Church? They've got some faithful folks. They are God-fearing, God-loving people. Can you just imagine? I mean, that's, that's just something to stand on. You know, that's something to build on. That's something that people, he's going to Rome to see these people because their, their faith, is spoken of throughout the world. And it's, you know, you try and picture this, and because to me, the Word of God is, is, it's not just a book of fables, you know, like some people call it. This is history. This is, this is truth. This is men that went out there and, and sacrificed to get this Word out. And you're hearing about Rome, the Roman Empire, for crying out loud, that their faith was spoken of throughout the word, throughout the world. Verse 9 says, for, my, for God is my witness, whom I serve with the Spirit, uh, my Spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to, unto you. For I long to see you, that I may input unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but was let here uh, hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among the Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks." And to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, just what a blessing it is to be in your house, Lord. What a blessing it was to fellowship this morning uh, with those that were here and even uh, even a blessing to be here tonight with those that are here this evening. I just pray that you guide us through this study and you just open our, our hearts and our minds as we as we journey through your word and we uh, and we hypothetically step on these same grounds that Paul did as he walked and he traveled to, to Rome uh, as he hears the stories and their faith of Rome and the people there. And uh, just pray that uh, you just open up our eyes to that insight just a little bit, Lord, that uh, we can take this word and we can take it with us and, uh, and maybe just be that much, much difference and apply it to our lives, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We pray that you'll be with our prayer list. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse 7 says, all that be in Rome, beloved, uh, beloved of God. See, Paul had not been to Rome. He did not find the, uh, found the, the Roman church. He makes this book, this, this makes this book of Romans just a little bit different than some of all the other letters that Paul wrote because he hadn't founded it. But the other ones, a lot of these other churches, he had founded the churches. So, you know, being, uh, being a founder of the, of the church, he probably had a little bit of, uh, ties to this church. He was keeping up on them. He was keeping tabs on them. He was checking on their ministry, you know, praying for them. We didn't have the same thing in Rome here as he did in these other ones. Uh, beyond that, the origin of the church of Rome is somewhat obscure, but Christians continue, uh, kind of migrated toward it uh, from all different parts of Europe, even though the mutual acquaintances. Now, what I find interesting here, these mutual acquaintances of Paul had traveled to Rome. So he's he knows a lot of these folks that had gone there. <clears throat> So he knows the faith. He knows he can hear the faith being spoken of throughout the world. And he's got contact with these people. Turn over to uh, Rome's, uh, Romans 16 here. Let's just read some of this in here. When I say he knew uh, a lot of the folks there. So he's writing this letter for someone who didn't start this church, at least the way that I understand it, didn't start this church. Um, he, is, he has someone to write to, someone to talk to, and, and someone that he's uh, saying that he wants to have this fellowship with. In uh, Romans 16, and verse 1 says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which was in uh, Centuria, that ye receive her in the, in the Lord, as become a saint, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath of your need, for she hath been a secure of many, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla, Scylla, and Achilla, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who I have for my life, laid down their own necks, and to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house, <clears throat> salute my well-beloved Epinatus, uh, who was the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ? Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute and Dronicus and Junia, my kinsmen. See, my fellow prisoners who are the note among the apostles who were in Christ before me. Greet Ampilius, uh, Plius, and Plius, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ. See, he knew lots of people that had gone here. These Christians had gone to Rome. For what reason? 
big city life? I don't know. They've gone, but they migrated here and they started a church here. They started this fellowship. He knew to address them. He knew whom to address. Even if Paul knew many of the Roman Christians by acquaintance, he knew two things about every true Christian there. He knew that they were beloved of God and he knew that they were saints. He, they were called to be saints. You notice those words, to be. You were to be called saints, to put in uh, uh, another translations, but they were, um, uh, let me see how to say it. They were, um, as they were supplied, they were not really necessary to the sense. That doesn't make any sense here. Uh, my notes are a little jumbled here. You notice the words to be are put in by the translator. The translator had put these in here in some reason, but... Um, Anyway, we'll skip this. These believers in Rome were called saints. They were not called because uh, they were other saints, but because they became saints through the calling of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and uh, so Thinius, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ, Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place called upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both, both theirs and ours. So they were called to be saints, which is interesting itself. And then this word, uh, grace to you and peace from God. See, he formally addresses his readers with this familiar greeting. Paul used this greeting quite a bit. He said, grace be unto you. It was uh, kind of like a Jewish greeting or with the Jewish greeting of peace. Grace be unto you and peace. Now he used this, he used this a lot and I found it you know, kind of interesting if you read some of his other uh, letters that he wrote, um, why he would say that. Now, I think we can understand why he says it, but, but grace and peace, when you think about what you want to see someone have or what you want to offer somebody. Well, following the grace of Christ that, that could give you that peace, maybe. Maybe that's where he was going. You know, I don't, I don't rightly know why he addressed his letters that way. But to address them that way, I mean, he's got a meeting behind it. So this grace and this peace, it was, it was formal. It was, it was something that he addressed quite a bit. In, chapter, or in verse number 8, it says, First, I thank my, my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Paul was thankful for the good reputation of this church in Rome because of uh, its location. This church had a special visibility, maybe, uh, maybe an opportunity to glorify Christ throughout the empire, maybe throughout Europe, and from what the word is, is throughout the whole world. Well, that is just impressive when you think about it. The whole world. Now, is the whole world as you and I see the whole world? I think it is. I mean, that's what God's Word says. I mean, oftentimes we can take things out of context. You know, when we read the Word of God and we read these things as a, as a whole, or if we take a part, of a, a part of a verse, you know, we can change a whole meaning very quickly. But he says, throughout the whole world. That's just impressive, right? The, the whole world knows about the faith of this church here, about these folks here, about Rome, about the folks that are there. 1 Corinthians 1, 41 says, Thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Though your faith is spoken throughout the whole world, they had a reputation. And then Romans 16, 19 says, For your obedience is come abroad unto all men, 
I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Verse number nine says, Mark, God is my witness. As we talked about last week in the, in the first when he talked about the witness. And I said, well, what better witness could you have when, you're, when your testimony is in front of God and in front of Jesus Christ? So this was an important message again, uh, an important letter that he is writing, just like some of his other ones. He's saying, for God is my witness. He's standing on the principle. He's standing on the words that he wrote. He's standing on the words that he's saying from his heart, and he's putting pen to paper or pencil to paper, you know, whatever he used back then. He says, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his sons, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayer. Well, that's a pretty bold statement. That's a pretty bold statement when you think about all the stuff that's on this guy's plate. I mean, we we talked about him, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago about how he'd been imprisoned and he'd been beaten, how he'd been stoned, uh, and how he was uh, he was ready to surrender. You know, he was he fought his he fought the good fight. He was ready to go home. This guy had been through a lot. Well, here he's saying that I make mention of you without ceasing. <laughs> Again, another bold statement, man. And only Paul and God really know how true that is, but. You have to believe that some of the stuff that this guy is coming up with is, man, he's making mention. He's praying constantly for these guys. They're being spoken of with their faith throughout the whole world. Can you? And I, I always try to picture myself going to these places. You know, I'm, I had planned a trip at one time. This was about two years ago. I had planned a trip to go on this Israel trip, and it kind of fell through with uh, job changes and whatever. But I was like, man, can you just imagine getting to walk these places and, and talk to these folks and being there? Well, we are. You know, maybe we're not physically standing on the, on the sand that he stood on, but you can, you can just picture this, this thought process that Paul's having, you know, just a little bit. I mean, I don't think we can fully grasp and fully understand the, the message that he's trying to give. Uh, as much as I want to say we can, I think we just got just a little bit. But man, this, this, this letter that he's writing, he's letting these folks that he has a plan. And his plan is to come and see them. Because their faith is so much that is spoken of throughout the whole world. And that he intends to come and be a part of that. The Apostle Paul wants to go be a part of that. I mean, that's just amazing to me. It's amazing. You know, when you read and study in God's Word, it's amazing to me that the guy that, that got to fellowship with these folks, the guy that gets to preach about Jesus every day, that got to envision the, uh, the third heaven, wants to go to Rome because of their faith. That's just impressive. My God is my witness is perhaps Paul's acknowledgement of how easy it is to say uh, that he will pray for someone. And then uh, he wanted them to know that he really prayed. He's letting them know that God is my witness, that I'm praying for you. And without ceasing, making mention of you in my prayers. As God is my witness, it's almost as he put his hand on the Holy Bible and swore that he's praying to these folks. Without ceasing, I make a mention of you always in my prayer. Paul wanted the Roman Christians to know that he prayed for them and that he prayed for an opportunity to come visit him and that he prayed for them continually. In 1 Thessalonians 3 and 10, it says, Day and night, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. 
You know, I think Paul had a ministry to, to go out there and, and correct a lot of people. And, you know, we see that uh, many people thought that he was brutish in his ways, that he was bold in his ways. But here's a man that wants to go and see and maybe help and definitely get something, get a blessing out of just being around those folks. Verse number 10 says, making request if by any means <clears throat> now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I might impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. See, Paul starts out this explanation of, of how he's been longing, how he desires that he can impart unto them some spiritual gift. Paul's desire to visit this church in Rome was not merely to give to them, but to receive as well. Paul realized that in their mutual faith, they had something to give him. You know, I I hesitate to 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 say that sometimes, and maybe I uh, neglect to say that sometimes, and, and maybe I hit it right on the head sometimes, but there's a reason why we come to church to be around uh, folks of faith. And that is just exactly what Paul, a man who's been given this spiritual gift to be an apostle, he still needs to be around people. And again, I, I find some of this stuff so amazing that he himself needs to be around people of faith. People's faith that is so strong that is, it is recognized throughout the whole world. You know, just imagine not having a place to come and worship together and fellowship together. Imagine not having this church. Sure, there's churches on every street corner in, in Texas just about. You know, you can go down the road, throw a rock and hit a church. But having that place to fellowship with like-minded folks that just have faith, man, that is such a blessing. It is such a blessing. You know, this morning, I just, and even this evening, you can't help but to see the, the smiles on the faces. You know, we can crack jokes in here. Brother David could, you know, <laughs> get a little carried away up here. We can get a little different with the music up here. And that's okay because we're here for that faith. That light faith that we have and that we see in each other. And, and man, it's just something to, something to be said that, that we can even compare an ounce of that to what Paul is saying here. He's saying, man, I want to go. I want to go where them cool kids are hanging out, man. I want to go to a Pacific Avenue Baptist church where them people are, are tearing it up and their faith and their work and their, and their love for God and their zeal. Man, that is just cool stuff said that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. Paul's desire to visit them in Rome was not just merely to give, but to get. And Romans 15 and 29 says, I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come into the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. See, he's not just going to preach, but he's going to get. He wants to get that fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And then verse 12 says, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by mutual faith, both of you and of me. We could almost stop there and we could almost end there. We won't. We'll go a little farther. But I want you to picture that comfort as he comes together or as he plans to come together. He's not there, but he's, he's, he's thinking about this comfort that he's getting. You know, the guy... <laughs> The guy is, is coming up to where, uh, I won't give away the rest of the story here uh, quite yet. 
But we know where Paul's been. We know that he's been uh, tortured. We know that he's been beaten. We know that you know that he didn't have an easy road. You know, uh, but he's going there to get this comfort of people, to be around like-minded folks, to be around Christians that their faith is so strong that it goes throughout the world. Verse 13 says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was left hitherto, that I may have had some fruit among you also, even as among the other Gentiles. He said, I often planned to visit. For a long time, Paul had wanted to visit. He had made plans to visit, but he was hindered by some external circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 18 says, Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. You know, the devil is working overtime to keep us from going to church. The devil is working overtime to keep us from having that joy, having that, uh, that grace that he's talking about, having that comfort that he's talking about. The devil is working overtime. He says that I might have some fruit among you. That fruit, that, that sweetness, that, 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 that necessity that he wants in his life. You know, that get rid of that dry bread that he's been eating on the road and that <laughs> muddy pond water or whatever he's getting out of here, you know. But going out there and getting that fruit, that sweetness, that joy, that, that happiness in his life, there was, a, there was a blessing to give and there was a blessing to receive. Verse 14 says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. It says, I am a debtor. I'm a debtor to them both. Paul recognized that he had uh, something of a debt to Rome. The Roman Empire uh, had brought forth, you know, some form of peace and order, which Paul used that peace and order to help spread that gospel and to not only spread that gospel, but to hear that faith being preached, that faith being taught, that faith being followed as just an example. You know, and again, I, I want to point to this little hill that we sit on here. It's not a very big hill, but it's a little hill. And, uh, you know, to recognize if we can be just a, a little bit of light, just a little bit of hope for someone. You know, the way, that, the way that we act when we're not here, it reflects on it. You know, people know. I mean, we talked about this not long ago in, in one of our classes here. Is people know when you're, when you're all dressed up and you're leaving on Sunday morning and you're leaving on Sunday night and you're leaving on Wednesday, they know where you're going. Well, that person must be going to church. And they're watching. They're watching and want to know why you're going to church. And then you see them out there in a, in, in a, in a supermarket and you're acting knucklehead. They're watching that too, right? He wants to go and be around these people that they hear the faith throughout the whole world. That's quite the reputation. Verse number 15 says, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Spurgeon wondered if Paul didn't use this words that I'm ready as his own personal motto. Because one of the first things that Paul said, if you remember the story, uh, I believe it was on the road to Damascus, when he, he hears these words from the Lord Jesus, he said he's saying it is hard for them to kick against the pricks. He comes back to response, 
uh, in trembling, in Acts 9 and 6, in trembling, he said, astonished and said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said to him, arise, go into the city, and it shall be told unto thou, unto thou what thou must do. You see, Paul was ready to serve anywhere. Paul was ready to suffer. In Acts 21, 13, it says, Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was ready to serve anywhere. He was ready to suffer anywhere. Paul was ready to die anywhere. 2 Timothy 4, 6 says, For I am now ready to be offered at thy time of my departure and the time of my departure is at hand. He could see that his time was coming, but he was ready. He was now ready to preach to Rome also, to preach the gospel. And verse 15 says, So as much as in, in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. It's quite a journey when you think about all the things that he went through. But here is a wonderful study of Rome's, not only so, but in Paul as he commits to preaching the gospel only. Amen. It's a good study. I, 